3: Oh really? Yes. Oh yeah. You had to act like <laughs> a single lot. Lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right.
1: Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff.
3: Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> Disciplining you Amazing. in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
1: A massive victory for freedom and democracy. Welcome to the Ben Ferguson podcast, as we have now a victory to show. Just what a sham. This entire impeachment scenario is, and what it is is really nothing more than an attack on our Constitution. Senator Rand Paul went out to the floor of the
4: Senate and had this to say. In a few minutes, I will insist on a vote to affirm that this proceeding we are about to enter is unconstitutional. That impeachment of a private citizen is illegal and essentially a bill of attainder. And that no sense of fairness or due process would allow the judge in the proceeding to be a partisan Democrat already on favor of the impeachment. A sham, this is. In a few
1: minutes, I will... Again, it's a sham. He's right, it's a sham. You have a Democrat that's already on the record as saying he's in favor of impeachment, going to be presiding over the impeachment trial. That is a sham. The reason why you don't have a Supreme Court justice doing it is because they know it's unconstitutional, and it is a sham. Now, Paul has written an incredible op-ed that he put out in the Washington Examiner. And it was titled, The Senate Impeachment Trial is Illegal and a Sham. Democrats claim to want to unify the country, Paul writes, but impeaching a former president, a private citizen, is the antithesis of unity. The impeachment is nothing more than a partisan exercise designed to divide the country even further. Paul says they have brazenly appointed an openly pro-impeachment Democrat to preside over this trial. This is not fair or impartial, and it hardly encourages any kind of unity for this country. If we are about to try to impeach a president, then where is the chief justice? If the accused is no longer president, then where is the constitutional power to impeach him? Paul writes, and he's right, private citizens don't get impeached, which is exactly what Donald Trump is now. Impeachment is for the removal from office, and the accused has already left office. Hyperpartisan Democrats are about to drag our great country down into the gutter of rancor and vitriol, the likeness of which have never been seen in this country's history. Instead of doing the nation's work with their new control of the House, Senate, and the executive branch, Democrats are wasting the people's time on a partisan vendetta against a man no longer in office. It's almost as if they have no ability to exist except in opposition of Donald Trump, or in opposition, I should say, to Donald Trump. Without Trump, as the boogeyman, Paul writes, they might have to legislate. And actually convince the public, the American people, that their policy prescriptions are in fact the right ones. Democrats are about to do something no self-respecting senator should ever stoop to. They are insisting the election is actually not over. And so they insist on regulating, regurgitating its bitterness. In the past, calmer heads have typically prevailed in our history. And allowed public opinion to cast blame where blame is deserved. This sham of an impeachment will ostensibly ask whether Trump incited the reprehensible, vi- reprehensible violence of January the 6th, under Paul writes, when he said, quote, I know everyone here will soon march to the Capitol to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically. Those are the words of the present. Those are hardly words of violence, Senator Paul continues. It's a point I've been making, by the way, on this show for weeks. If Donald Trump had actually called for violence on January the 6th, which is exactly what this entire impeachment is based around, then the media would have played it over and over again. You would know those words by heart. And there is a reason why those words have not been played over and over again. Because they don't exist, they were never said, they were never uttered. Those words were never spoken. Those words did not exist. Those words were non-existent. And if they were existent, right, if they did exist, if they were said, they would be played. Over and 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 over again. They were never said. They were never said. Back to Senator Paul's words as he described them in his op-ed. But what of the Democrats' words, what of Democrats' incitement to violence, question mark, No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter who nearly killed Representative Steve Scalise and a volunteer coach of the Congressional Republican baseball squad. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre, all because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie Sanders and other Democrats. Lines such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. That is what Bernie Sanders said. As this avowed Bernie Sanders supporter shot at us and screamed, this is for health care. No Democrat will ask whether Senator Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get up in the face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, If you see a member of the Trump cabinet at a restaurant, a department store, a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Senator Paul writes, my wife and I were pushed and surrounded by the type of mob that Waters likes to inspire. It's terrifying to have a swarm of people threaten to kill you, curse at you, and hold you literally hostage until police come to your rescue. No Democrat has ever considered impeaching Waters for her violent rhetoric. Republicans, to their credit, Senator Paul writes, have never once thought it was legitimate to formally censor or impeach these Democrats for the words they said or the violent ways in which their supporters reacted. No Republican has thought sought to use the government to hold these Democrats responsible for the Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence that consumed our cities. Last summer, resulting in over $1 billion in destruction, looting, and property damage. Many on the Democratic side of the aisle cheered them on. Vice President Kamala Harris famously helped raise money for the bail for those arrested for violent offenses this summer. I wonder if she, if she will be brought up on charge of inciting violence for that now that she is the vice president should she be impeached question mark should republicans impeach the democratic mayor of seattle who incited and condoned violence by calling the armed takeover of part of the city quote a summer of love people actually died there on june 8th the new york post citing the us justice department statistics reported that more than 700 law enforcement officers have been injured during the Antifa slash Black Lives Matter riots. There were at least 19 murders, including that of a 77-year-old retired police officer, David Dorn. Yet, Democrats insist on applying a test of incitement to a Republican that they refuse to apply to themselves. Shame on these angry, unhinged partisans, deranged by their hatred of the former president. Shame on those who seek blame and revenge and who choose to pervert a constitutional process while doing so. I want to put the Senate on the record. I will insist on holding a vote that makes every last senator vote on whether they believe this proceeding the impeachment trial of a private citizen who has left office is unconstitutional, illegal and essentially a bill of a, of a tainer. on whether there is any fairness or due process in having a partisan Democrat already on record as favoring impeachment, presiding over this trial and on whether this is how our politics should be. Senator Rand Paul writes, this trial is a sham, a travesty, and a dark blot on the history of our country. He went on to say, I urge my colleagues to reconsider this kangaroo court and move forward to debate the great issues of our day. Senator Rand Paul succeeded in having this moment. He succeeded in having a moment where he could actually say what I just said and got them on the record. He went on Fox News Channel with Maria Bartiromo to talk about this vote and what happened. I want you to hear this. It's brilliant.
3: Look over there. Nothing to see over here. Democrats are using impeachment drama as a cover to keep your eyes off of an ambitious agenda designed on controlling everything you do. Senator Rand Paul objecting to impeachment today, calling the looming trial an unconstitutional sham. He joins us right now. Senator, it's good to see you tonight. Thanks very much for joining us. And we know that the Senate has voted 55 to 45 to set aside your point of order that impeachment impeachment is unconstitutional. Tell us about it.
4: Well, we put forward a motion that said that basically you can't impeach a private individual. You can impeach a president, but this is why the chief justice didn't show up. If it was the president, the chief justice shows up. The fact that the chief justice wouldn't come and refused to come means that this is a private citizen, but the constitution doesn't allow for impeachment of a private citizen. So we put this issue forward, but the most important takeaway from the issue is they don't have the votes to convict. We had 45 people, 45 Republican senators say that the whole, the whole charade raid is unconstitutional. So what does that mean? It means that impeachment, the trial is dead on arrival. There there will be a show, there will be a parade of partisanship, but the Democrats really will not be able to win. They will be able to play a partisan game that they wish to play, but it's all over. The, this shows that they don't have the votes to win, so they will just slog through this and they will try to punish Republicans. But that's all this has ever been about, not justice. It's about a partisan game where they don't want the election to be over
3: a partisan game but is it also about stopping Donald Trump from doing anything in the future I mean the other day Eric Swalwell said something like we must ensure that Donald Trump can never do this again
4: I wonder if he told his Chinese spy girlfriend that before he stole the rest of us. Here's the thing about this. They want to say that he incited violence because he said, go fight for your country. And he said, march peacefully and patriotically. So what I put forward in my arguments today were three instances where Democrat words appear to have incited violence. You remember the Democrats said that the Republican plan for care back when we were debating Obamacare, they said it was get sick and then you die. Well, can you imagine having a sick child that may be dying and you're told that the Republicans want your child to die? That sounds an incitement to violence. And guess what? One of Bernie Sanders supporters came to the ball field, nearly killed Steve Scalise, wounded three or four others, shot one of the staff members 10 feet from me and spewed 200 bullets and would have killed more had the police not stopped him. But nobody talked about impeaching Bernie Sanders. Maxine Waters has said, get up in their face. So is Cory Booker. Become a mob. We want you to mob them in restaurants and cause mayhem. That sounds like an incitement to violence, but nobody's talking about impeaching Maxine Waters. Nobody's talking about impeaching Bernie Sanders or Cory Booker for saying, get up in their face. So it's a a significant hypocrisy and double standard that they're putting forward, and they should be called out on it. We should not be shy about calling them out about their hypocrisy.
3: By the way, let's not forget the summer of love in 2020, Senator, Mm -hmm. when we had Molotov cocktails being thrown in the faces of police where we couldn't get anywhere near the chop zone in Seattle and all small businesses in our big cities had to board up. I don't remember hearing a peep from any of your colleagues on the left in the summer of love.
4: And I reminded him of that as well. But the thing is, none of them are responding to this at all. And I think we caught them flat footed. I didn't think they realized that the vote we took today is essentially a mirror of the vote we will take at the very end. So we've had a preliminary vote that shows that 45 Republicans don't even think the procedure, don't even think that the trial is constitutional. And so that shows you they are not going to win. This is a partisan Thing that they want to put forward, but I don't think it is is even good for them. The President Biden says he wants to show unifying, he wants to unify the country, and yet what he's putting forward is one of the most divisive, partisan, rancorous, bitterest things that you could possibly do. And if Biden had been a statesman, he could have stepped up a week or two ago and said, you know, I think you know he's being published by public opinion, former President Trump, and I think we should not do the impeachment. It won't be good for the country. You know what? Biden's numbers would have shot up twenty points, and people would say, Oh my goodness, for once somebody that can rise against partisanship. But Biden didn't show the strength of character to do that. He went along with the left wing radicals, and he's gonna go along with the impeachment. But it's a it's a farce and it's not constitutional, and it shows the double standard because Democrats have had much hateful speech, much more specifically invited inciting violence violence and nobody said a peep about it.
3: And and is he standing by and allowing this blacklisting to continue and allowing this crushing of free speech and these X's on on Trump associates' backs? You've got Democrat Stephanie Murphy right now pushing legislation to ban anybody who participated in Stop the Steal and anybody uh, who pushed back on the irregularities in the election 2020 from holding a security clearance or joining the military.
4: We have to be very careful about when they start talking about domestic terrorism. The last time we did this was the Patriot Act, and they said, oh, we're only going to spy on foreigners. But it turns out they were spying on every American. They were were cataloging every American's phone call. So now when they say domestic terrorists, you have to realize, see, I've been willing to say there was fraud in the election. I don't know if it was enough fraud because I don't think we did enough investigation as to whether it would have overturned the election. I'm agnostic. But we should investigate it. We should want to know. And so I plan on going to 35, 40 state legislatures and trying to get them to fix their laws. But is that now something that I'm not allowed to say and that I will be wanted by authorities or by the domestic terrorism police? Because I might say, oh my goodness, I think somebody might have stole the election. I think there might have been fraud. So. Mm. Is it is it not okay to have an opinion in our country anymore? This started with the global no. warming extremists. Now yeah. it's gone to election fraud. What is the next subject where you're not allowed to have an opinion that contradicts the liberals?
1: I, I love what Senator Paul said there about, you know, now you're going to criminalize having a different opinion. And I know that was a long piece of audio I played for you, but it's an important one. That's why I played it. Because what Paul is saying is, we got to stop so many different things the Democrats are doing right now, including this impeachment, which is dead on arrival. Which is the reason why the Chief Justice won't even show up. That this is a kangaroo court. You have a guy that is residing over this, right? A guy, a guy that is resol- re- residing over this that's already on the record of impeachment before he's even seen the evidence. This is a kangaroo court, and he is right. It is a kangaroo court. All right, I want to take a moment real quick, though, and, re- and just let you know about something else, and that is the canceling of, uh, of conservatives from social media and our accounts being silenced, our accounts being shut down. If you want to keep in touch with us, there's two ways now you can do it, even if we're kicked offline on social media, which we fully expect's going to happen. Uh, first off, you can send a text message on your cell phone, like a normal text message, uh, to the number 55433, Okay. And text the word BEN to 55433, and you will be, that's our last resort for us to be able to get in touch with you. So, again, text the word BEN to 55433, and we can get in touch with you that way. Second thing, uh, you can get our emails, and I have a feeling that you won't be able to find us on social media pretty soon based on what we're seeing. So you can get our emails by signing up right now for AMAC, the number one conservative organization uh, in the country, by going to benfreeonline.com. That's benfreeonline.com. All you got to do is go to benfreeonline.com right now, and you can join AMAC for free. You'll get the AMAC magazine for free, and you'll get our emails. Uh, so that we can keep in touch with you that way. So make sure you join AMAC for free right now and get our emails, benfreeonline.com. That's benfreeonline.com, or just text uh, as well as a last resort on your cell phone. uh, Text to the number 55433, the word BEN. The reason why Rand Paul is pointing all of this out about this kangaroo court, about the fact that the Chief Justice... John Roberts isn't even presiding over this impeachment about how insane it is that you've got a Democrat on the record who has already said he's going to be voting in favor of impeachment, who's now acting like he's nonpartisan in the impeachment trial, which is just stupid and insane. The reason why all this is happening right now is so that you're watching this insanity while the Democrats are slamming their agenda down your throat. Let me give you an example. There is a huge news story. Okay, a huge news story that has come out this week, that should have come out this week, that people have not been talking about. Virtually every American would be taking a lot more money out of their pocket if the Democrats get their way. It is something that hasn't happened in a significant amount of time. And Democrats are now demanding that we increase the federal gasoline tax. And they're saying it's going to be coming your way. President Joe Biden's nominee for Transportation Secretary, a guy that knows nothing about transportation, Mayor Pete, was before a Senate panel when he was asked about transportation issues. And he had something to say about transportation issues. And it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. It's going to cost you so much money that you may not even realize what's happening. Because this tax This gasoline tax that you pay every time you buy gas, no matter where you are in the country, is kind of been like the third rail. You don't really touch it. The tax is a pretty high tax. And everybody that's around this tax understands it. And no one wanted to be on the record as actually increasing the gasoline tax, the federal tax. But now this new administration wants you to drive less, and they want you to fill the paint at the pump. They want you to pay high gas prices. That's something that they've been advocating for. So now President Joe Biden's nominee for transportation secretary told a Senate panel, and this is a guy that knows nothing about transportation. This is a former South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete, who, by the way, destroyed that economy, was asked by Republican Senator Rick Scott of Florida during his confirmation hearing about the idea of, you know, having a tax hike. Hey, would you do this? Would you be in favor of this? Right? Is, this, is this something that you would actually do? Is this something you would actually think about doing? Because there's a lot of Americans that would say no to this. Right? There's a lot of Americans that would say, no, I'm good. How did he respond to it? He responded by saying this. I think, quote, all options need to be on the table. As you know, the gas tax hike has been increased, hasn't been increased since 1993, and it's never been pegged to inflation. And that is one of the reasons why the current State of the Highway fund Trust Fund is where we are. So, there's more going out than than is coming in. That's what Mayor Pete said. There's more going out than is coming in. Now, Rick Scott put out this information, and the media is not covering it, because why would you cover it right now? This is one of those things you don't want to get pressed for. You just want to make it happen.
0: Um, first, as you know, um, the Highway Trust Fund is, doesn't have enough funding. Or it's going insolvent. It. Would, would you support uh, gas tax increases, and if so, how much? So I think all options need to be on the table. As you know, the, the gas tax has not been increased since 1993, and it's never been pegged to inflation. And that's one of the reasons why the current state of the Highway Trust Fund is that there's more going out than coming in. Uh, up until now, that's been addressed with trans, uh, general uh, funding transfers. Uh, I don't know uh, whether Congress would want to continue doing that. And I think uh, in the near term, we need a solution that can provide some predictability and sustainability. In the long term, we need to bear in mind also that as vehicles become more efficient and as we pursue electrification, uh, sooner or later, uh, there will be questions about whether the gas tax can be effective at all. So do you, have you looked at... <clears throat> you know, all options being on the table, what would you, what would you propose uh, to pay for it? Well, there are several different models, uh, again, in the short to medium term, that could include revisiting the gas tax, uh, adjusting it and or connecting it to inflation. Uh, right now, it's also assessed, uh, as you know, in a dollars and cents level, not, not on a percentage basis. Uh, Of course, uh, the way we've been uh, filling the gaps so far has been uh, general fund transfers uh, that could continue if there's appetite for it. Uh, A lot has been uh, suggested recently about the idea of vehicle miles traveled based. So if if we're committed to the idea of user pays, uh, then part of how you might do that would be uh, based on uh, vehicle miles traveled. But um, that raises, of course, concerns about privacy Uh, and there remains some technological questions, too. Uh, These are examples of some of the things that could be part of the solution, but I know that that's going to have to be a conversation, not only in the administration, but but with Congress, too.
1: There it is. So the gas tax, the American people to pay the government's wasteful spending, yes, we're going to look at this. We haven't touched it in 1993. Yes, we're going to touch it now. Now, you would imagine that the media would do their job here, and everybody would be covering this, right? Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, Republican, Utah, said it's possible the gasoline tax could increase. So that rhino is jumping on board. And certainly many states have taken the steps, including my own. But it's not the only approach, Mayor Pete said. The federal gasoline tax is 18.4 cents per gallon. Washington State, for example, is debating a proposal to peg the gas tax at 67.4 cents per gallon which would be the highest in the nation, so that that would force you into green and alternative vehicles, right? Think about it. If every time you fill up, you're giving 67.4 cents for every gallon that goes in your tank, that would even make me look at a a Tesla. Because if I'm putting 20 gallons in, you're telling me 17 bucks is going to be in a gas tax. $17 $17 every time I fill up would go to the government. Okay, well, now I'm sitting there going, I can almost pay my car note, or half of it at least, with the tax savings that I would have. And, and this is exactly, by the way, what the Democrats actually want, just so you know. They want to force you into driving a alternative energy car. Washington State, is on record as saying this is where we have to go. Washington State has come out and said we have no choice but to force people into green alternative energy. And that's why Washington State wants to add a $0.67 per gallon tax on every gallon you buy. It's insane. It is absolutely crazy also not surprising at all it's insane but this is where they're going so you force people into submission to adopt your ideals that is what this is it is forcing you into a set of ideals that they have decided are the right ideals for you right you have to do this and if you don't do this we're gonna have issues You, you, You have no choice but to do this. And as long as you do what we tell you to do, you'll be fine. As long as you do what we say you must do, then you'll be okay. And if you don't conform to what we tell you to do, then we're going to have some real problems and some real issues. This is Democrat insanity. This is the psychotic nature of the Democratic Party. This is what they're doing and advocating for now. Now, the media did not cover this story because the media doesn't want you to know about this story. The media doesn't want you to uh, fight this. So if you want to know how impeachment is benefiting, even if it fails the Democratic Party, it is exactly what Maria Bartiromo said on Fox. Look over here while we're doing this over there. Look over here at this shiny object of impeachment. Get focused on that. The media will cover it while we do what we really want to do, which is increase the gas tax for the first time since the 1990s. That is what this is about. And everybody better understand this. They're going to be doing some of the most radical things that you can possibly do During impeachment. This is smoke and mirrors. Yes, it's political revenge for Donald Trump, but even Democrats know after this vote with Senator Rand Paul yesterday about the constitutionality, no, it's not going to succeed. They don't care. They need a diversion. They need a distraction. They need a diversion and they need a a distraction. And right now impeachment is giving them what they need. So they're going to move forward. And they're going to go full steam ahead on impeachment. This is why. This is how they do it. This is how they pull it off. This is how they succeed. This is how they get their great victory. And I'll leave it at that.
3: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the single, single, single lot. Lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right.
1: Doing business
4: constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you Amazing.
4: in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>